0: Oral questions by members?
1: Member for West Vancouver Capilano.
0: Mr. Speaker, the murder of Burnaby RCMP Constable Shaylin Yang was a call for action to deal with the massive gaps and missed opportunities in mental health and addiction in this province. Nineteen months ago, Burnaby RCMP begged this government to establish a mental health car program and integrated crisis response pairing police officers with trained mental health nurses. But the Lepard Report revealed a shocking fact. The NDP declined the City of Burnaby's funding requests for a mental health police car model. Quote, Fraser Health declined a proposal from Burnaby RCMP even though the RCMP were prepared to allocate a full-time officer, a vehicle, and other equipment, end quote. To the Minister of Mental Health and Addictions, why did this NDP government decline the funding request to establish a safe and proven mental health police car program?
1: Minister of Mental Health and Addictions.
0: Thank you,
2: Mr. Speaker. The tragic death of the RCMP constable in Burnaby on the front line doing some of the most difficult work that we ask our front line people, public servants across the province to do, um, is heartbreaking. It weighs heavily on all of us. We send our condolences, of course, to her family and friends. Uh, The intersection of mental health, substance use and and public safety is, of course, something that's preoccupying um, everybody on both sides of the house. Um, that we have in multiple programs, uh, pairing of uh, enforcement and of healthcare um, is a really important evolution and one that we're expressing through our programs in many ways. Um, also again important to assert that, not, that for the most part people with untreated mental health and addictions are not themselves violent um, and we don't want to contribute to stigma that prevents people from stepping up and asking for health care support. But there are times that those pieces come together. And that's why we commissioned the Lepard-Butler Report. It's why we commissioned the Police Act Review. It's why in a number of ways, in some cases through park car programs where there is a ride-along service, in other cases with peer-assisted crisis supports like we are funding on the North Shore, so that people in crisis are not escalated by the presence of police officers. Um, There is more work for us to do in this area, but we are uh, gathering data and evidence um, on a number of platforms led by a number of municipalities and a number of health authorities that are uh, tackling this
0: problem together in different ways.
1: Member for West Vancouver Capilano, Supplemental.
0: Mr. Speaker, thank you. I'm not sure that the minister completely understood the question, so I am going to um, rephrase this. Uh, It is not enough and it is not fast enough, whatever is happening now. Pairing mental health support workers with police, like the CAR 67 program in Surrey, is a proven approach. It's happening in communities, community-based and community-funded, and we can show, show that it works. Over the past five years, this opposition has called for these programs to be expanded, Mr. Speaker. Seven months ago, the all-party police committee called for them to be expanded as well. and Now, government's own Lepard Report calls it a proven approach blocked by the NDP. How many reports does this government need before they act? And I quote from the Lepard Report again they declined a proposal from Burnaby RCMP and Fraser Health provided no explanation, end quote. So this NDP government has ignored every suggestion that we have made related to the crisis on our streets without explanation. So why has the NDP blocked integrated mental health teams? Minister. Thank you, Mr. Speaker.
2: I don't agree at all with the members' characterization, and I'll go through a number of the programs where we are exactly tackling these problems with integrated police and mental health teams. Um, And there is more to come and more to do. Vancouver Coastal Health has three CAR programs that are funded through the Health Authority – Vancouver, North Shore, Richmond. Fraser Health has CAR 67 in Surrey. Interior Health has Kamloops and Kelowna. Uh, Northern Health has Prince George, Fort St. John, Terrace, Island Health has an integrated mobile response team in Capital Region. In many of the programs where the previous government started them and we have continued to expand them, ACT teams, there's a police liaison. So the crisis on the front lines, in the streets, um, often with people who are unhoused, has a direct link to police. And this is what we heard through the Police Act Review and through Lepard Butler that are working well and we need to expand. And most encouragingly, and one that we have a lot of police support for, is instead of asking police to respond to mental health and crisis on the street um, calls, that like on North Shore with the peer assisted crisis team, it is the, it's the peer worker team and the mental health uh, worker team that respond, and if they need Police backup. They uh, then they are called in, and we've got data on this from the first year. We're funding this in two more communities, and I hope we'll fund it in more.
1: Member for Kamloops North Thompson.
3: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Well, the minister makes it sounds like this government has expanded the car programs across this province, and they flat out have not. That is the core to the problem. Municipality after municipality has been asking for either expanded car services or, in the case of Burnaby, one to be started. And they repeatedly get told by this government no. So, for the minister to talk about expanding these programs just simply isn't happening under their watch. Full stop. The NDP, Mr. Speaker, have actually taken the word police out of police assisted care teams. That doesn't appear to be an accident, Mr. Speaker. Internal Ministry of Mental Health and Addictions documents show that the NDP policy changes are designed to defund police mental health teams. The policy document claims that, and I quote, police response can be re-traumatizing and can contribute to stigma, end quote. In light of all the increased violence and mental health response teams are seeing on a day-to-day basis, This simply makes no sense. The NDP appear to be prioritizing their ideological opposition to police over police mental health teams that have proven to work and that communities desperately want expanded. When will this government stop asking for yet another report to verify what over the last five years has become very clear communities want these programs expanded?
1: Minister.
2: Mr. Speaker, again, I completely disagree with the member's characterization, and I know that the Minister of Public Safety will talk about all the ways we're expanding support for police. I've certainly seen it in my own community in Nanaimo. There's no question. There are times that a police response is needed, and that is why we support the people working on the front line in this way, and at the same time, team-based approaches are vital and they are evidenced throughout our government's approach, particularly in mental health and addictions, particularly in primary health care, and the linkage of police is vital to that. To say otherwise is completely ignoring the facts. But let me say, the, the ACT teams in our communities uh, delivering crisis intervention, housing supports and psychiatric treatment, always with a police linkage, the peer-assisted care teams which I sometimes call Peer-Assisted Crisis Team. Sorry for the change in acronym. This program that my ministry funds doesn't have police in the name, and it hasn't, because they're only called in when needed. Police asked for this in in Victoria, in New West, and in North Vancouver. uh, We've got direct police involvement, because they love the fact that they don't have to get called. So, a North Shore PACT started operating in November 2021. Since then and until the end of August of this year, the team was contacted 448 times, only dispatched 75 times because they were often able to give people the support that they needed, and the PACT team only called for police intervention six times. That means police keep doing the work of fighting the real crime and getting at the root of, of illegal drug-dealing and the things that are exacerbating what's on the street, and mental health workers and peer workers give people the care and de-escalation that sometimes is needed.
1: Member for Campbellton North, thompson Supplemental.
3: Member. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Five and a half years. Five and a half years the opposition has been calling for the expansion of these programs. Five-and-a-half years, mayors and councillors across this province have been calling for the expansion of these programs. The All-Party Police Committee called for the expansion of these programs seven months ago. The Lepard Report cited that these are um, police mental health units as a proven approach, and yet the Minister of Mental Health and Addictions continues to stand up and be in the way of these proven results campus has been trying for years to get their car 40 program expanded i've asked the minister directly myself in estimates about that prince george has been asking Uh, surrey's been asking burnaby was flat out told no let that sink in for a second burnaby was flat out told no so perhaps given that burnaby was directly asking for burnaby was directly prepared to have the police resources and cars and equipment all they needed was nursing help and support can the minister explain why this government rejected Burnaby's request for this specific program despite all of the reports over the years that have said it's a program that works and should be supported and
1: expanded? Minister.
2: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Why the opposition continues to overlook the fact that peer assisted care teams which my ministry is expanding, was the number one recommendation in the Lepard-Butler report, was also something that resulted from the all-party budget committee two summers ago, was also brought repeatedly to the Police Act review, um, and that is something that we are implementing right now, peer-assisted care teams, and we're going to do more. Police have called for them. It takes the pressure off police, and sometimes it gets better results on the ground. Um, In my own community, in Nanaimo, there is a pairing through the Health Authority and the RCMP of some form of a ride-along program. So those programs do continue to expand. But these are Health Authority decisions about how they will use their health authority resources, knowing that nurses, in particular, are in short supply. Sometimes health authorities make different decisions based on what is on the ground and what their own human resources uh, limitations and restrictions are. We know how difficult it is uh, to hire uh, nurses right now. Um, But that said, let me be really clear, let me be very clear, uh, Mr. Speaker, Our government continues to expand support for mental health and addictions. We continue to work very closely with police and with health authorities. I have never said no to Burnaby. Uh, Thank you for your heckling, uh, Member. I have never said no to Burnaby. I continue to meet—
1: Members, members, (laughs) let's hear the answer, please. members.
2: I continue to work with municipal leaders, health authorities, and police about the resources they need to keep people safe.
1: House Leader of the Third Party.
4: Yeah, thank you, Mr. Speaker. As uh, local members here know, and anybody who lives around the Saanich Inlet, they know it to be a special place, Mr. Speaker. It's fed countless generations of my family. However, throughout the decades it's also suffered from environmental degradation. There's been a long history of industrial activity at the Bamberton site, and as a young boy I used to fish underneath that cement plant uh, with my father. The cement plant closed uh, many years ago, Mr. Speaker. Now an operator, uh, Malahat Investment Corporation, has applied to expand an existing quarry by approximately 47 percent. Under the Environmental Assessment Act, the reviewable projects regulation does not require an existing mine to undertake an environmental assessment. I'm paraphrasing, if the request to expand is not at least 50 per cent of the previously permitted area. Mr. Speaker, this is a cultural and environmentally uh, significant area, and there is no way to grind down an entire mountainside uh, into construction aggregate without damaging the environment. Without an environmental assessment, we have no idea the extent of the destruction. (laughs) The regulation, as it currently reads, is unacceptable. Through you to the Minister of Environment, this project may just barely fit under the regulation. Will the Minister of Environment exercise his discretion and require this mine to undergo an environmental assessment?
1: Minister of Environment. Thank you very much, Mr.
5: Speaker. Thank you uh, to the Member for his question and for uh, his concern. I'm aware of uh, the situation. The Member has correctly pointed out that the uh, threshold in the reviewable project regulation is an expansion of area by 50 per cent, and this project is 47 per cent. I am in uh, discussion with the Environmental Assessment Office around what they know about this uh, particular project, but the project, as it is currently described, uh, falls under the threshold of a reviewable project. Uh, there has to be uh, very sufficient reason to, seek to overrule the, uh, the regulation
1: as it stands. Member for Supplemental.
4: Excellent. And uh, The Minister knows, uh, as is pointed out in court cases, that there is discretion that the Minister could use uh, to uh, review a project. Uh, and uh, This project actually exposes an absurd l- loophole that exists in this regulation, Mr. Speaker. In 2019, uh, a regulation was amended for new mines. A production capacity exceeding 75,000 tonnes per year now requires an environmental assessment. For context, the Bamberton application under consideration by the Ministry of Mines uh, is to expand extraction to 479,000 tonnes, that's 6.5 times the volume the environmental assessment considers accessible or, uh, acceptable for a new project. If the operators apply every five years or so, like we've seen happening, to expand by slightly less than 50% of their current operation, they could literally grind down the entire side of the mountain without ever having to undertake an environmental assessment. When I asked the Mines Ministry if if, uh, I was correct in this, they said it's up to the Ministry of the Environment to ask the Minister. So Mr. Speaker, to the Minister of Environment, will he require this application to uh, have an environmental assessment at the Bamberton Quarry, and will he change the regulation to close this absurd loophole?
5: Minister. Thank you uh, very much, Honourable Speaker. Uh, The regulation itself is not currently under review, and I would point out to the member that whatever a threshold level exists, there will be project proposals that come close to it. and That, in and of itself, is not enough reason to change a regulation. As I said to the member, I'm aware of the uh, proposed production expansion of this facility. I'm aware of how close it comes to the uh, area expansion threshold. And the member should also be aware, uh, the member's clearly aware, that the minister has discretion to order an assessment. I've already expressed that there has to be uh, good and sufficient reason to do that. And uh, I am reviewing the facts of this case. But the member should also be aware that it is the role of the chief environmental assessment officer as a statutory decision maker to also look at these projects. and. Uh, that, uh, that official is uh, doing her job, and it is not my job to presume that she is not doing her job. I am being briefed by her to find out what her considerations are, and we will uh, proceed down the path of reviewing projects that come so close to the threshold uh, that they need a good look.
1: Member Forastery South.
6: Mr. Speaker, I just want to go back uh, for a moment uh, to the questions that my colleagues asked with regard to the expansion of the uh, police and mental health outreach teams. So I just wanted on the record that it's clear that the minister um, believes that she knows better, believes that she knows better than two reports that were commissioned by the NDP the Police Act Review Panel, the Lepard Report. In fact, she feels that she knows better than police. She thinks that she knows better than mayors of communities, even a former police officer in her own party, the member for surrey guildford who was advocating for the expansion of these car ride-along programs. Programs that put mental health nurses, psychiatric nurses, with access to critical information about mental health For people that we are dealing with in the community, but have the protection of police officers. Because we've seen recently how tragically these kinds of even wellness checks, even giving someone something in the community can go so terribly wrong as we saw with Constable Yang. And this is why we need to have nurses, psychiatric nurses, riding along with police officers. So I'm sorry that the the member seems to know better than the two reports that were issued by her own party recommending the expansion of these programs. (laughs) Mr. Speaker, the report by the NDP's hand-picked expert, Doug LePard gives a damning indictment of the record of the incoming soft-on-crime Premier. The incoming Premier not only ran a catch-and-release justice system, but also failed to provide proper supports as the minister responsible for supportive housing. This is what the Lepard Report says, and I quote, large number of formerly homeless people with high risks and high needs have been housed, some in former hotels, but with completely insufficient staff and support, end quote. When will the NDP fix the appalling record of the incoming soft-on-crime premier and deliver the mental health supports that people actually need?
1: Minister of Public Safety and Solicitor General.
7: Thank you, uh, Honourable Speaker, and I thank the the member for her question, though I must say uh, right off the top I do find it interesting that today she is praising um, the uh, author of the report, uh, Doug Lepard, whereas a week ago the BC Liberal Opposition was criticising Doug LePard as being just a uh, Deputy Police Chief, Honourable Speaker. Uh, And I think that's reflective of the approach that the Opposition has taken. The reality is this, Honourable Speaker, we have been working very closely with local governments, with police agencies and with federal governments to ensure that we've got the tools, the programs and the laws in place to be able to deal with the challenges that we have been facing in this province and, in fact, provinces right across the country have been facing when it comes to uh, when it comes to violent repeat offenders. It is not a question of saying the minister knows better. We know that health experts are the ones who know what needs to be done. We know that police know what needs to be done. We know that communities know what needs to be done. and We also know that one size does not fit all, honourable speaker. That's, that is why, honourable speaker, speaker, we have a range of tools and options that are available To uh, implement it for communities, they include car programs. They include peer-assisted care teams, which was, as the ministers pointed out, the number one recommendation for changes to take place. And those are changes that are being put in place, honourable speaker. We are expanding resources, and we know what the record from the other side was when they sat on this side. It was to cut resources to programs, exactly, exactly the kind. Cut and cut and cut social programs. Members, please. Thank you, Hon. Speaker. The, uh, the members seem to think it's just one program. There are a whole range of programs, a whole range of tools that are required by police and communities, and this government is ensuring to work that those programs and those resources are in place right across the province.
1: Member 1st-3 South Supplemental.
6: Mr. Speaker, the Lepard Report makes it clear that the lack of housing supports provided by the NDP has contributed to the four random attacks on people in Vancouver every single day. And as the Housing Minister, the incoming soft-on-crime Premier repeatedly warehoused people in housing units without proper supports. Vancouver Police have frontline experience with this, and I quote, one shelter with 90 people accounted for 1,000 calls for service in one year, and it spun that neighbourhood into crisis overnight. There were no supports for that person in crisis in the middle of the night except for a desk clerk." End quote. This is the same government that thinks a cup of tea counts as supportive housing. How is it acceptable for the incoming premier to promise supportive housing, but not to deliver on mental health supports? <laughs>
1: Minister of Mental Health and Addictions.
2: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I am um, pleased to have another opportunity to rise to say that the introduction to the member's first question um, is a completely um, mischaracterization of everything that I said in the first half of question period. Um, I have never said no to a car program. We are implementing across a diversity of approaches. Um, If Fraser Health doesn't have enough nurses to add to the existing CAR program that they fund, then then that is uh, work that we are doing to train up more nurses so that the Health Authority is able to make broader decisions about how they can dispatch resources. Let me also read into the record the number one recommendation of Lepard Butler. We recommend that the provincial government continue to invest in civilian-led bracket non-police mental health crisis teams in collaboration with community service providers, for example, peer-assisted care teams. That's exactly what we're doing.
1: Member uh,
8: Mr. Speaker, uh, this is typical. This government actually deflects and passes blame on to somebody else. Talking about health authorities in B.C., you got to remember, these health authorities get their mandates from the government. They get their funding from the government. The orders come from government. So to say that somehow this is all health authority falls on their shoulders is false. Government's got to take responsibility. And to say that somehow we're mischaracterizing what's happening in BC, whether we're talking about the health crisis, or the drug addiction crisis, or the homeless crisis, prolific offenders crisis, not us. These are reports coming from reports commissioned by the government. The incoming Soft and Crime Premier's own Lapard report says that people are committing crimes just to have access to detox treatment under this government. And I quote families of offenders living with mental health and substance use needs come to court and are overwhelmed, do not know where to access treatment, or cannot afford it and are frustrated that the only way to get access to treatment is to commit a criminal offence. You want to hear that last bit again? The only way to get access to treatment is to commit a criminal offence, end quote. This is coming from the Lepard Report, commissioned by this government. My question is the Minister of Health and Addictions. When will the Minister of Health and Addictions stop forcing people to get arrested just to get access to treatment.
1: Minister of Mental Health and Addictions.
2: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The tragic loss of life across British Columbia, because of the increasingly toxic drug supply, is something that consumes our work every day. It directly informs what we hear from police, what we hear from court workers, what we hear from the First Nations Justice Council, what we hear from peers, people with lived experience, families that have lost loved ones. It informs everything we do. There was not a continuum of care in place when we formed government. That's why my ministry was created to work with health authorities um, and every ministry to build up just the kind of supports that we continue to hear people need. Prescribed safe supply, opening hundreds of new addiction treatment beds, re-regulating the sector that the previous government deregulated the treatment and recovery sector, going from one uh, supervised consumption site in 2017 to now 40-plus, a great number of them. Across every piece, enforcement, working with partners, prevention, harm reduction, treatment, recovery, across every piece of the continuum, we, and, and mental health crisis supports as well. We're building up more supports, and there is so much more for us to do. There's no question the continued loss of life says further work is necessary, and we continue to evolve our response and add more ways to save lives and guide people towards treatment um, because lives are at stake.
1: Member for study White Rock.
9: Thank you, Mr. Speaker, and, and I must say the lack of accountability from this minister in this House today is absolutely staggering. Bonavista Lodge has provided residential care beds in White Rock for decades. But last month they received news from this government that the mental health beds they provide are being cut. This is the letter they received from Fraser Health, and I quote, you have been caring providers and have provided excellent service to clients at the site. However, the process we have embarked on for bed replacement has dedicated resources to other projects." These are 12 beds that are leaving the community with no explanation. and This isn't the first time my community has seen this. We saw the closure of Good Shepherd Lodge. That is 30 beds. Thirty beds that were not replaced by this minister. This minister can stand in this house and say that the blame falls on health authorities, but the blame falls on this minister for not having accountability in her own file. So why is this minister cutting beds in the middle of a mental health crisis?
1: Minister.
2: Mr. Speaker, I welcome the member letting me know any details about the facility that he describes. Members? No, no, please. I I welcome the the, um...
1: member. Please. Member, you just asked a question. Let's hear the answer. Member? Minister?
2: In every health authority, we have opened more addiction treatment recovery beds, more mental health beds than there have ever been in the history of the province. Just 10 days ago, I was in in Cranbrook opening another 10 beds. In, In Chilliwack, in Coquitlam, in Northern Health, in Interior Health, in Kelowna, in Kamloops,
1: Members, members, Minister has the floor. Thank you, member, thank you, thank you. Minister will continue.
2: Through every health authority, with our half a billion dollar investment in budget 2021, We are opening more treatment and recovery beds. I just got another briefing yesterday about the new ones that are opening. Now, the-
1: Member, let the minister finish, please.
2: And the member knows well that there are always contracts that come to an end, sometimes when the operators themselves do not want to carry the work on. Uh, But the direction that I've given to every health authority
1: Members, please.
2: We're building the system of care that the members opposite refused to do when they had the chance.
1: The bell ends the question period.